Hello, my friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. And today we're going to do a little catch up girl chat. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I have a lot of topics. We're going to go over talking about plans for the summer, navigating working from home when school is out. We're going to talk about alcohol. That's going to get deep. That's going to get real. That's going to get very, very, very honest. I'm going to give a little recap of vacation, the vacation that I took with my husband in May. It's going to just really kind of be a fun episode with some hot topics. I've also got some great playlist recommendation, music recommendations for you, as well as some skincare and some just really great fun things to consider for going into summertime. So let's roll into today's episode. Welcome to the Living in Sync podcast, where we will talk about the biological blueprint of your cycle and how your hormones impact every area of your life. I'm your host, Joelle, certified nutritionist, mom of two, fitness coach for over a decade, and I want to help you better understand your cycle to work with your body in achieving your goals. I will teach you how to care for your body in a well-rounded and realistic way that caters to your season of life and feel freaking amazing. In every episode, you will get tips, takeaways, and just feel like this is a heart-to-heart chat with a friend. Let's roll into today's episode. We we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. And I hope you enjoy this type of episode. If you do, please let me know on Instagram. I just went through and unfollowed and cleared out. This is something you should totally do for yourself this summer. I went through who I was following on Instagram and unfollowed a ton, like a ton of people. I was following over like 1,500 people, and as of right now, it's less than 800. I've had to do it a couple times because Instagram does put a limit on how many people you can unfollow in a certain duration of time but it feels so good and so freeing. And I did think about like, do I really want to unfollow and like clear out who I'm following? What if I unfollow somebody I really love engaging with? What if I unfollow somebody where, you know, they have a profile and a profile picture that I don't necessarily recognize, but I do really know them. And what I decided on is, You guys do a really great job at engaging with me inside the DMs, inside the Feminine Edge Collective after a episode has aired. And if you are in my DM and we're having conversation, if you're commenting on my stories, I'm going to follow you back. Like that's literally going to be how this operates. If you're a Feminine Edge Collective member, You should be on my close friends Instagram list because sometimes I post Instagram stories just for you Feminine Edge Collective ladies. So if you're not on my close, like if you don't see those close friends updates, send me a message and say, I'm in FEC, add me to close friends and I will do that because sometimes when certain things go on in the group, I share them in the close friend stories. Sometimes if I see a piece of content that I think you guys would really enjoy, I'll share that just to the close friends list. But that was my holdup was unfollowing the wrong person that I really mean to follow. 
And I just decided like, I'm just going to unfollow, start fresh. And then those of you who are messaging me and commenting on my stuff and we're in the DMs together, we're going to be friends and I'll follow, right? So if you notice, if I follow and then unfollowed and then followed again, that's just why sometimes when you're sitting there scrolling and you just see all these names and this big list and I'm doing this while my kids are around. So I'm just kind of like, not, it's not a full on fledged emotional thing. Like is it's not, it's not you, it's a me thing, right? And I also did this with podcasts. So you guys know I'm a podcast person. I'm completely obsessed which is why I have a podcast, which is why I am podcast producing. I love podcasts. So you can only imagine that I was following and subscribed to a ton of podcasts that I don't even listen to anymore, that I don't even want to hear their content anymore because it's just not relevant to what's going on in my life or where I want to put my time and education into. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that are very lighthearted and more entertainment style. And I'm very selective on who I am listening to for personal growth and business development. Like I went through and I was just like, is this the type of person where I just admire them so deeply and they walk the walk just not and not just talk the talk in an elegant and sexy way. And I just unfollowed a ton and it has been so freeing. So I suggest that you do that. Maybe you do that while I'm blabbing my face off right now because we got a lot to talk about. Um, Plans for summer. So my kindergartner is home for me, home with me for the summer. We have some really fun things in June as far as activities and swimming lessons and he is more independent, right? Like he's going to be, he's almost seven years old and I'm planning on working for a little bit in the morning and then we'll go do activity in the afternoons when he has them. And then when we get home from activity, I'll get a little bit more work done and then we'll just have family time. So I do plan on working less hours. I will also have less me time in the summer months and I'm pretty sure I'm leaning towards my four-year-old going from five days a week at daycare to three, four days a week at daycare. That's a decision I'm still up in the air about, but I do. I just have that intention of spending more quality time with the kids this summer. They are really fun ages to go and do things even if it's just packing a picnic lunch and going to a park and then having lunch and then going to another park and it we had a really like with the days of kids at home there's that duality of it's really hard but also really fun and really amazing and for example our daycare took a bit of a vacation So I had both kids home with me for a handful of days and it was overwhelming and I was having some struggles. We were all getting a little antsy and stir crazy. And I said, we're going to do no screen time. We're not, I don't monitor the kids' screen time because they just naturally will watch something and then they will go play or they'll want to go outside. They 
they're pretty good about kind of regulating it themselves. If it were to become an issue, then I I 100% would step in. For example, we have eliminated YouTube at our house for the summer. We were so fed up on seeing the nonsense that the kids were watching and then their attitudes. So we're like, nope. We talked to them about it. It'll come back in September. It'll come back in September and we'll evaluate from there. But seriously, there was such nonsense on YouTube that they were watching. It was ridiculous and pointless and just not. It's just not. So we eliminated it, which kind of inspired my unfollow where it's like, there's so much noise in my Instagram. I should go through the same thing with my personal Facebook page. There's so much noise when I go on there that it's not even purposeful for me to go on there. So now eliminating that, like we eliminated YouTube for the kids, already much better, even though for three days, especially with the four-year-old, it was rough. It was really rough. I did not realize how addicted and emotionally tied he was to just YouTube. So um, I'll work probably three-ish hours a day. What's going to get done is going to get done. And what doesn't get done doesn't get done. That's really how I am looking at it. I really will do my best. And I've learned that I do operate the best when I create my to-do list. And then I take a look at you know, what really needs to get done, what doesn't need to get done and start moving through that list on what I'm drawn to the most. And sometimes that leads to a spiral of productivity. If even just doing that one thing makes me feel really, really good. But also I'm in this space and place with Feminine Edge Collective, with my various businesses, with podcast production, where Last summers, like if I didn't get to my work, it didn't really affect anybody but me. (laughs) Like I was operating fully on my schedule, but now with podcast production and one-on-one clients and various things like that, I have to, I have to get things to people, correspond with people, and there's just got to be work time in my days and that's how I'm going to be operating it. But also in July, in August, if my plan isn't working, if it's feeling like my oldest is very bored and he's not thriving in this type of routine, we will readjust. We'll readjust and what will get done, will get done. Um, But I will light my load a little bit in the summer. So I'm just going to kind of navigate it day to day do my best. And, you know, we had a conversation, we, Bryce and I had a conversation about goals for the summer. And that was really cool. We talked about hitting goals. And one of the goals we have is taking golf lessons with each other. June is pretty busy, chaotic. So I'm going to start reaching out and looking to schedule that in July, August. I don't know how to golf. Like I really wish I would have taking golf lessons or been on the golf team in high school because I feel like golfing is one of those things where if we all learn how to do it and can just go and have fun golfing with each other, that could be something that we do as a family. And I also feel like learning golf in your 30s, it's not too late, right? And it's not such a high extreme risky sport where 
I could break a bone because remember last summer I broke my pinky and I do not want to spend the summer in a cast again. So we are going to be taking golf lessons and trying golf and Bryce, we are talking about goals and Bryce said one of his goals was to um, do the monkey bars. He has been struggling with the monkey bars and so we talked about, you know, how how would what would you do to get better at the monkey bars? And we talked about practicing and we talked about hanging from this um, like swinging bar we have on our swing set that that builds that muscle that exercising more will help with that goal of monkey bars and trying out different kinds of monkey bars. And we were at a little family getaway day. We went to a zoo and out to lunch and to ice cream. And then we stopped by this park that's right by the beach in another town. And they had monkey bars that were low to the ground. And he practiced and he practiced and he was starting to get halfway. And then he, you know, his hands would kind of get tired. So we were like, you know, give your hands a break, give your hands a break. And he was talking with other kids and watching how other kids were doing the monkey bars. And by the end of that park day, he had done the monkey bars. And when he went from the one side of the monkey bars to the other, and he did the entire row of monkey bars, he got down and he was hyped. He was like, let's go. And he runs over to Sean and I, and he's just celebrating. And we're like, so pumped and so proud of him and he did the monkey bars a couple times after that so then when he was going to bed you know I talked to him about he accomplished that goal and there's ways to still get better at the monkey bars because those monkey bars were low on the ground we could try the monkey bars that are higher off the ground we could try the monkey bars that have the handle that kind of um, move and swing from a chain right and so then he thought of it like level complete. And I was like, that's exactly right. You completed level one of the monkey bars. And now we can get better and complete level two and then complete level three. And like you accomplished your goal. And I talked to him about like, do you feel proud of yourself? And like you can accomplish really great things by setting that goal working small steps towards that goal and then continuing to approve upon it. I should have wrote down the other goals that we talked about, but the monkey bars and golfing lessons just really stood out to me. And I am just so completely proud of him. And a question, this is changing topics here, is with summertime, it's a time where we are more social, there's more gatherings, there's more family outings, there's more times on the pontoon, there's times at the lake, it's hot. And beverages, having a beverage is more pre prevalent and more frequent for me in the summertime than any of the other months. And I talk about this a lot with one-on-one -on -one clients about alcohol and weight loss. And it's, let me just start out by saying I have a healthy relationship with alcohol and that healthy relationship happened because I have a history with alcohol and there is a lot of story that has happened in my life with alcohol not with me personally but let's just take it back let's just take it back and I really do think this could be beneficial for you to really think about this like 
how have I seen, we do this with diet a lot. How, how has alcohol been kind of normalized? Like what were you grew up with? What were you told about alcohol? And I'm just going to explain with you mine because it does play a big role in the boundaries and the healthy relationship that I have with it now. And I'll start by saying I've seen alcohol bring out the worst in people. I've seen alcohol hurt me many times. I've seen alcohol really change the people that I love. And alcohol caused me a lot of pain when I was young. A lot of pain when I was young. Various situations like seeing people get out of control with alcohol. And seeing people do things intoxicated that they would never do sober. And then when it is brought forth and held accountable, it's the whole, oh, I don't remember that. Well, just because you don't remember that doesn't mean it happened. And so that led me even into high school. I didn't drink very much in high school because I just saw it bring out really ugly things in people that I knew were not ugly people. And I really will shout out and give credit to my mom here because she she was the one who stepped up in personal growth and in support with all of this because at a young age, I learned that I could not control the decisions of others. I learned at a young age that I was not responsible in the actions and consequences of other people and that no matter how hard I wanted somebody to change, that I couldn't do it for them. And there's been this viral kind of reel and TikTok going around from a clip of Mel Robbins podcast where she calls this the let them theory. And when... I heard this clip, it reminded me so much of this foundational principle my mom taught me of the, like, let them. Mel Robbins explains a bit of, if somebody doesn't want to invite you to a party, let them. If somebody doesn't want to take care of their health, let them. That we can't control the actions and the outcome of others. And so seeing that and then going through high school and being hurt by alcohol, going to college, I mean, I'm not really going to bash my college years of alcohol because I was out of my house. It was like the regular college experience. I drank too much and would get sick and I would do things that I didn't like when I realized like, oh, when I drink too much, I do things and I kind of embarrass myself and I don't like that. So then when I turned 21, I around then I started my beach body business and alcohol kind of slowly started becoming of disinterest to me because I was on a health and wellness journey. And that was okay. You know, I I really don't think I'm just the personality type that would have gone down a dark road because the more I've learned about myself is I am a I have a very defined sense of self. And I never even really gave in to like peer pressure when I was younger. I just, if I wanted to do something, I was going to do it whether my friends did it or my peers did it or what my parents kind of thought of it. And I just really went along with my sense of self. For example, I remember I was applying for a job in high school for a bridal store and it was for prom help. 
I, I genuinely think the ad was meant to be for somebody who was over 21, right? But I applied, I went to the interview and I got the job and I got the job at like 16, 17 years old. It was crazy that I had that as my job. And that really gave me confidence. Like I was underqualified, but even going to the interview, I was proud of myself. And I remember, you know, some people being like, you're going to apply there. And it being like something in the correspondence of, I would never do that. Like, you're not going to get the job. You're too young for that, whatever. And I did it. So I've just always had this defined sense of self. And with seeing alcoholism, abuse of alcohol, binge drinking, I remember being told that there are people, addicts, who cannot control their drinking. So that made it so I wanted to prove you can control drinking if you want to because I can control drinking. And that wasn't a healthy mindset, having it be from like a standpoint of being better than somebody else because I can control my drinking or, but it has served me in a sense of I am in control of this. I am in control of if I do drink, don't drink, how much I drink, how far I take drinking. And that has served me because I do feel like I operate with a very controlled clock and it takes actually a lot for me to let go and lose control. And that's why. And I am at a beautiful spot now where I have a healthy relationship with alcohol. I have a healthy relationship around people who consume alcohol, whether that's a lot or a little, like I don't judge others for their alcohol consumption at all, but I don't drink that much. I genuinely don't drink that much. I'm not the type of person that has a glass of wine. To me, honestly, alcohol has never just tasted that great unless it's a really fantastic cocktail or martini at a great restaurant and we don't go out to eat that much so therefore I don't get that kind of stuff that often and I've uh, I'm also a lightweight so one and done happens for me a lot two gets a little too tipsy for me and then when I have drank excessively I experience poor sleep and stomach ache and so it's one of those things where I have a negative association for example if you if every time you ate a strawberry you broke out in hives your mouth um you know started to get sores in it and you threw up it wouldn't be appetizing to eat a strawberry right for me i've had so many negative experiences with alcohol physically mentally emotional that it doesn't appeal to me but like i said i don't judge others i do not i swear like I am around friends and family and people and acquaintances and strangers, and I am not evaluating anybody's alcohol consumption. I'm not. I promise you that. It's kind of like Mel Robbins' let them theory. Like, I am in control of me. I am not in control of others. My mom taught me that. Mel Robbins explained it with the let, let them theory, and it has it has impacted my relationship with alcohol. And yes, there are times where I intentionally let loose, for example, the vacation with my husband, but also 
I know if I drink too much, my stomach's not going to feel good. I'm not going to get good sleep. I'm going to have low energy. I'm going to be hungover and I don't want those things. So I kind of know the sweet spot to stop. And this kind of rolls into, okay, then how do I navigate events and parties and activities and various things like that? A lot of times I volunteer to be the driver. So I'll have one and then I switch to water and then I'm the driver. So I responsibly and safely drive home. Another is there are times where I even take my Yeti cup, you could do your Stanley or whatever, and I make some type of fun mocktail. So I'm still getting something refreshing. I'm still drinking something fun and sweet, maybe a little bubbly-ish, but I'm not missing out on the alcohol because I still am having something to drink, okay? This came apparent when I was pregnant with, excuse me, I have the hiccups. I'm talking too fast, which is what is giving me the hiccups. But I want to roll through these topics quickly, but this is just going to be a long episode. So I hope you're cleaning, you're folding laundry, you're out on a walk. Let's just enjoy this time together. But when I was pregnant with my second, I was craving these like juice type of mocktails. So I would buy like buy juices, the BAI, um, sparkling water. I would buy different kinds of like the watermelon lemonade from Aldi. I'd buy these like once a week when I was grocery shopping. I'd buy like one fun type of juice thing, one or two fun type of juice things. And then I'd get some sparkling water. You guys know my favorite is Spindrift, but you could use LaCroix, you could use Waterloo, like whatever's your favorite. And I would take a sparkling water, use a little juice in it. You know, this summer, stock yourself up on like lemons, limes, oranges each time and or not all of them, but like get one each time you go to the grocery store and get a juicer and you mix that kind of thing together and it feels like a alcohol-free refreshing spritzer. And I would have those when I was pregnant in the summertime. And then it just rolled over to like, okay, when I had little, little kids at home, I was mixing like an energize and a sparkling water. So I had a little bit of caffeine and sparkling water, you know, just having something like that. And I carry it in my cup. So a lot of times when people ask me what's in there, I'm just kind of honest. And I'm also the type because I've grown up this way where if I say no thing, and I I know so many of you feel like you need to give an explanation as to why you're turning down some type of alcohol, all you have to say is, oh, no, thank you. I'm good. And if they keep on say, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll grab one if I feel like it in a little bit. But most of the time, I don't even have to say that. A lot of times, if I'm in a space and place and they're offering alcohol and I don't feel like accepting the alcohol, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. No, I'm good. I'm really good. Whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, just let that be your sentence. And that is that. And it will move on and turn very quickly. So that's one thing that I do. Sometimes, like I said, I'll have one and I milk it. Sometimes I even carry around the empty can. So there's not that like, oh, she's not drinking. And plus, I don't hang around people that would be like that. Like if, even if I think of our family members, our groups of friends, like if they choose to drink and I'm not, 
they really don't say that much to me just because it's now a normal thing for me, right? Or I have my water cup. Usually, or I'm running around with my kids in all honesty, but it has. It just got into this space and place where if I have, like if I'm with family members, let's say my girl cousins, like once a year, we like to get together, share some wine, go out, or one year we went out for like dinner and some cocktails. Like me having one and being done is not any, like they just wouldn't, I don't know, they just wouldn't think anything of it. Or I assume they're not thinking about it because I'm not thinking about it. I get my one glass of wine or my one cocktail and I have water with it. And that keeps me, that keeps by my side and I don't have, I don't feel pressure to have any more or any less, right? But I think that stems from my defined sense of self. So for those of you, if you're in those spaces and places, you know, one thing you could do is like have a water in between each one. I mean, I've even heard people that are trying to not hide their pregnancy, but they're not ready to announce their pregnancy yet. They will, like, say you have one seltzer, you drink that, you could fill the rest with water and just hold on to the can if you're really that self-conscious about it. But if that has to be what you have to do, that's more a you thing than the people that you're around. Like, we even were at graduation parties, and yeah, my husband was having a couple beers, family members were having a couple beers, and I grabbed a soda and I'm like oh I never drink soda we don't really have soda around the house but to me that sounded better than the types of alcohol so it didn't and like nobody says anything to me about it so sometimes in my head I'm like okay if you're worried about what other people will say to you have you really just never had the experience because they may not say anything to you at all and if they do let them linger in awkward silence. Like don't respond to them (laughs) and let that awkward silence be uncomfortable for them to mind their own dang business. Mind your own dang business. And so, yes, my whole story and relationship with alcohol leans more towards, I have a lot more negative associations to alcohol than positive, but I do love having a seltzer on the boat Having a, having a seltzer with friends, having a cocktail on a date night with my husband. When my husband and I were in Dominican Republic, like, yeah, we probably had more cocktails than we typically do, but that's because that's out of the ordinary for us. And for me, it's really a matter of, yes, there was that time and space and place where I've been hurt by alcohol so much and told that it's out of control like I really needed to prove to myself that I could control it I feel empowered by in controlling it I feel proud of myself that I can control my alcohol consumption and it's my decision and my decision alone whether I choose to drink or not and my reasoning I don't like I'm explaining this to you guys and it kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit sharing this because it is so personal and I don't want anybody that I don't think anybody that I'm around listens to my podcast in all honesty, but I don't want it to be an unconscious, uncomfortable thing for you, but it's just, it's just me. It's just how I operate. I don't put 
a lot of emphasis on alcohol because I like it and I enjoy it at times, but I'm just as happy and like enjoy my mocktails or just having my ice water in a tumbler cup where sometimes people think that's alcohol in there and it's not, (laughs) it's not, right? So if this is an issue or struggle for you to navigate this summer, like I'm not the person for advice on cutting back drinking just because I've never had, I honestly have never had to live it out. But I, I just kind of wanted to explain my story on how alcohol has negatively impacted my life and how it has impacted my relationship with it now. It's really something that we're going to be talking about with our kids as they get older and get into those age of ages of experimenting with it. And it is a big part of me and who I am um, and a big part of my story. And this is just like the first time I've ever shared it. So thank you for allowing me to share that. And I don't know if it was helpful for you at all, but let's totally turn topics here because I got the cutest swimsuit on Amazon and it's pretty decent quality. It's a cup she swimsuit and it's purple and orange like floral pattern. It's a very feminine style, high-waisted but also kind of um, high cut on the hips so it's not overly cheeky but it's not a full bottom coverage and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm really only worn it on vacation with my husband because I bought it for that vacation but the reason why I'm bringing it up If you guys check it out, I'll leave it linked, leave an Amazon link in the show notes. But even if you click on the one that I got and you're like, oh, I don't really like that style or those colors or whatever, I'm just here to tell you one of the swimsuit trends for this season, I hope it stays because it's an underwire like bra-ish like situation. So if you're shopping for bathing suits and you see that swimsuits are kind of looking like bras in the sense that they have like an underwire situation, I'm here for it. Some of you probably will be like, no, I'm not here for it. But like, I don't, I mean, I used to have implants. So I used to have gigantic, gigantic boobs. And now they're just average. Like they're not super small, but they're not big. But I mean, I like get, I, I like a little lift and a little support. This is probably an unpopular opinion. I like a regular bra more than a sports bra. I don't like how a sports bra, bra feels so squishy and so compressive. I actually prefer to put on a regular bra. And so when I saw these underwire top like swimsuit top situations, I was like, I love this. Because to me, the underwire swimsuit top situation stays put. Like you don't have to mess with it. Like the triangle tops, you kind of have to like keep messing it, keep adjusting it, keep making sure that they're staying in the right spot. I love this swimsuit trend. Do you guys love it or do you guys hate it? I'm actually going to put a poll on this on Instagram because I think I'm, I think I'm the minority that I actually like regular bras more than sports bras. Obviously I like sports bras for working out, but sometimes when a compressive sports bra has been on too long, I'm like, good Lord, this is awful. And then I put on my t-shirt bra or my seamless, well, my seamless underwire bra is probably my most comfortable. 
I do want to try the Skims Seamless No Underwire Push-Up Bra. If you've tried that, please tell me. Like, I need it. I have seen people, it's people who have gotten it sent to them. So as you guys know, with influencer hype, I love to debunk it. And I've been seeing people talking about their Skims PR packages. And some people have showed the Seamless Skims No Underwire Push-Up Bra. And I am like, I seriously would wear that every day. Because the way it like lifts the ladies, looks really comfortable, looks super, super cute. I feel like I need it in my life. So, but also I have two bras, one underwire and one um, push-up seamless. It's from Target. Push-up seamless, no underwire. I've had it for a long time and it's fine. So I'm like, do I really need another one? Do I really need to try this one? That's been holding me back on getting it. But Also, so talking about my husband and I's Punta Cana trip, when I was in Punta Cana, I really disconnected from my phone, stayed off social media. I prayed a lot. Like even when I was sitting in a chair looking out to the ocean, I was really trying to connect with God. And I didn't have like big ahas or revelations or downloads. That's like some cringe words (laughs) that I think anyways. I heard, like, I just, I felt a lot of peace, I felt a lot of presence, and I felt a lot of gratitude of where life is right now, like, big time. One thing I did feel, though, like, hefty in my heart was to stop buying cheap stuff, and you guys know, like, sometimes I find the best things at Walmart, and with trends, I like buying the cheaper versions, but I really was like, no, it's when when it's time to buy new denim again, because I do, because I buy cheap stuff, so it doesn't last, it doesn't hold shape, um, it's even not even the best, like most flattering, I literally felt it in my bones of like, spend the money on it, start buying quality pieces, and so that's why like the Skims bra situation is like, oh yeah, I have two decent Target bras, but like, what would, would a Skims bra really be that much better? So that's where that kind of stems from, but yeah, the trip was so good. I was so just grateful for that time we were in Punta Cana. We stayed at Casa del Casa de Campo. And this was not just a resort, it was an entire property. Everybody got golf carts. If you wanted to go to the beach, you have you golf carted to the beach. If you wanted to go to the marina, you golf carted to the marina. It's literally like driving around a small town. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was sophisticated. Some of my favorite moments were just driving around on the golf cart with my husband. We love driving around. We have the best conversations on drives and in the car. And that time on the golf cart was just amazing because it was warm, but there was the breeze and there were these beautiful extravagant houses like you could there was also real estate on the property it was just it was fantastic it was so fantastic I felt so grateful to be there it was so special we went with Volvo equipment they were so kind and generous and I was so grateful to Sean's company for you know giving us the opportunity to go on this trip and they like there was presents on our bed every single night and they were so thoughtful and so kind it was a good mix of like group dinners with people and then time just Sean and I and I'm just 
so grateful for the sweet part of life that we're in, for the ages of our kids, for the closeness of my husband and I, for the love and the appreciation I have for our home and our finances and our my business and his career and our kids and just life is sweet right now and I, I really soaked that in on the trip and I loved it so much and while I was on the trip I felt so confident I had cute bathing suits cute dresses um I've been loving so here's some things for you to keep an eye out for summer so Last year at Old Navy, I got a short and tank top matching set. And they're not like a linen material, but they're not like athletic cotton material. There's kind of a texture to them, but they're so comfortable. And I love wearing like the tank top with jean shorts or wearing it together as a matching set with a white oversized linen shirt over the top or wearing the shorts with a white bodysuit and then I could throw the white long sleeve linen over top. So two things, two outfits I really have been gravitating towards in the summertime is my athletic dress. So it's a dress kind of like what you would see tennis players wear. It's got shorts, it's a sports bra, and it's a dress all in one. And to dress it up, I love putting my blue and white striped linen linen top over it with some strappy sandals. If I want a more athletic look, I use my belt bag, put on a hat, and wear socks and sneakers with it. Um, That's one outfit that I love. I really want to get a black one. It's it's like, you've got to get that like um, oversized linen shirt, an athletic dress, a matching set. So mine is like a light olive sage green shorts and tank top. I love wearing my white oversized kind of like sheer cover up because it's seriously perfect for if you've had too much sun, you don't want to show your arms, whatever it is. Those two outfits on repeat every single week. Like I absolutely love them and I felt so good and so confident even with my bikini on that's in my show notes the white sheer button up and then my jean shorts like I wore that around the resort and to and from the beach and I felt so cute had dresses where I felt so cute and so pretty but when I look back at pictures I'm like do I really look like that and well I swear my husband can get the worst angles and I, I genuinely want to show him this like okay, here's how I take a picture and I was not paying attention to the angles. And I was in the same spot and I angled the phone a little bit, put it a little bit higher and look at how much better even he looks in the angle differences, right? I genuinely think I need to share him with him that because he takes the worst angles or else I'm just way bigger than what I think I am. In my head, I still feel like I'm 125 pounds. I'm not. But I, in my head... I still feel like that. And it's not until I see a picture or I look in the mirror where I'm like, what has happened to my body? And I work out and I eat healthy and I'm not seeing changes. Like what the heck? But when I was on my trip with some girlfriends, they just kept reminding me like lean into the feeling and then the body will follow. 
So have my mind and my feeling stay focused on, I feel strong. I feel lean. I feel sexy. I feel pretty. I feel energized. Like I feel mobile and fluid and strong. I genuinely feel that. And it's not until I look in the mirror or I see a picture of myself where that distorts. So I'm leaning into that, but I still want to lose weight. <laughs> and I, I created a podcast episode in the Feminine Edge Collective called My Plan to Lose 20 Pounds This Summer. And the whole explanation is in there on that. June is focused on healthy hormone weight loss because a lot of us are talking about that in there. But as you guys know, hormone healthy weight loss is overall healthy healthy habits, routine, schedule. So whether your goal is to lose weight or not, um, I don't I think this is going to be my last time ever where I have emphasis on weight loss. Weight loss because I'm just kind of tired of talking about it. I'm kind of tired of my body being the dictator of so much, especially when I'm feeling so great. There are so many times where I'm like, Joelle, if you feel so great, who cares? And then it's like so there's that creep in of like the devil on my shoulder being like, you care. Like you put in all the you put in all this energy and effort. Like, don't you want the looks to reflect it? And if the looks aren't reflecting it, then why do it? Why am I doing all this? Why am I prioritizing vegetables and like I'm following to be mindset right now? It's like, why am I prioritizing this when literally it's been such a stubborn thing? Here's a caveat though. Just recently, um, I don't know if you guys have heard the wave of this. It's going to be kind of like new, but it's not new, um, but new to kind of like the supplement industry that will magnify in the next year is berberine. And there are people on TikTok that swear berberine is nature's ozempic or um, nature's, um, I can't even think of the comparison that I'm my brain's starting to fizzle out on you guys, but berberine. And I feel like I am the most optimal person to put berberine to the test. Why? Because I'm a certified nutritionist. I've looked at the studies on berberine and I'm like, what? How have I not heard of this supplement before? This is absolutely wild. It's so beneficial for insulin resistance and inflammation and gut health. And I'm like, how have I literally just heard about berberine this year? This is wild to me. And people are saying it's like nature's ozempic or um, semi-glutides, all of that. And I'm like, I'm literally the best person to try this out. Why? Because I'm doing all of the right things. I have the healthy habits to sustain anything. I've tried a lot hormone balancing. I've gotten everything tested, right? I work out consistently. I eat healthy, right? And so I am adding in berberine. I am going to be doing XB Pilates and walking. So I am taking a break from heavy strength training, which is another thing. Like I'm kind of just becoming a controversy of the fitness industry. No, just kidding. Not, but I have loved heavyweight training. I've loved it. I've lived it for years and years and years. It's always been a regular part of my weekly routine. And 
I just really feel like my body isn't getting the results. And so it's like, try something different. And I see these ladies who are Pilates instructors and they have these lean, long, strong, feminine figures. And I'm like, that's the kind of look that I'm going for that I would that I, when I think of my desire of my physical appearance, that is what I desire my body to be. And I know in the, I'm going to bring an expert on to talk about this. In the fitness realm, there is the push for weight training. And it's rightfully so. Like strength training is so important for our body. Weight training is important. There are a lot of myths and reasons why women avoid strength training. And those are those myths are not true. Those I'm gonna get bulky and da 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 da. And I even remember when the tone it up girls were so super popular. I know they're like still around and doing things, but I remember they would never lift over like five or eight pounds and sometimes they'd start a workout with like three pound dumbbells and I'm like oh my god that's so pathetic but yet they still had long lean trim strong figures and I'm like this is so interesting to me and somebody asked a question in a Pilates group that I'm a part of about the push on an emphasis of the only way to build muscle and have that strong toned toned not that I think of the word toned as an accurate way to describe but when I say a toned body you guys know what I mean by defining it as that but like there's proof that ladies who are really into bar and really into Pilates like they're strong and they're lean and they've got muscle right But in fitness culture right now, it's like the only way to do that is to lift weights and you've got to pick up heavy weights and you got to lift heavier and lift heavier and lift heavier. And I have been lifting heavy for years and years and years. And I've sat and thought to myself, like, have I just plateaued that element of fitness? Because I've been doing it so long. Like you hear people who start weight training and in their first year of weight training, they talk about these crazy, um, benefits or crazy results that they see so quickly but that's because they've never been consistently weight training that's newbie gains me I've been doing this for years and years and years and years and years almost a decade and so somebody explained it in the group and she was an exercise physiologist and she was talking about how with oh gosh I'm spacing on it with physics and when thinking about a lever and then bringing that into muscle strength when your muscle is in extension and you're holding that extension and the time under tension is a longer duration of time that is also beneficial to building long lean muscle tissue because if you think about doing a bicep curl with a heavy weight and you do a you do a rep one rep two reps, let's say you go all the way up to 12. And by the last rep, you know, you're getting kind of slow, but that time under tension is really maybe a max of two seconds long, but it's really like a second, a second, a second. And that's the tension. And yeah, if you're lifting really, really heavy, that tension can break down the muscle and the muscle then rebuilds to longer, leaner, stronger muscle mass. But 
can you still build muscle by having the time under tension be longer, which is what Pilates and bar tends to focus on. And it's really self-experiment because in that same thread, there were ladies that were like, nope, I tried Pilates slash bar. I didn't like how my body was, like my body wasn't changing at all, switched to heavy weight training, seeing great results, and then vice versa. There was a lot of ladies in there chiming in that were like, I've done all of the strength training programs. I've been doing it for years and years and years, trying to add on more lean muscle because I felt like that would make me have a more small, defined, toned frame. And then they switched to Pilates and they were like, I've been doing Pilates for two years now and my body is better than I ever imagined. So you really just have to be a self-scientist. And in the reflection that I've done, like, yeah, I've taken breaks from strength training, but none that have been that long because I do love it. I do love strength training so much. I love strength training, but guess what? Before I fell in love with strength training, I loved cardio. I started out my health and fitness journey by being a runner. I was into turbo jam and turbo kick and um, turbo fire. Like those were my everyday workouts. It was running turbo, turbo, turbo. (laughs) And then I switched to strength training and I've been in that strength training, like lifting heavy dumbbells. Like my dumbbells range from five pounds to 30 pounds. And with some of my bicep curls, I'm grabbing the twenties. Like I'm lifting heavy. Okay. And with my barbell, I believe I can put up to either 50 or 60 pounds on it. So heavy, right? And I've gone to gyms occasionally. And when I, this is another thing, coming back from the trip, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. And I did a heavy, heavy leg day when we were on vacation. And I murdered my legs. Like there was a Smith machine. I was loading up the plates. Like I was pushing myself because I don't have that type of equipment at home. It took my body like three to four days to recover from that one leg workout. And I used to think muscle soreness meant muscle gains. But like um, Omega, who was an expert that came on and talked about it, she flat out said muscle soreness is not necessarily muscle growth. It's a sign of poor recovery. So is my body going through something where it's just not recovering in ample time? So if I continue to strength train and it's not getting proper recovery, I'm not really going to see proper gains. But if I do something like Pilates and walking and just like good movement throughout the summer, what will my body do? I'm about to experiment on that. So summer plan is following to be mindset for my nutrition plan, following Pilates. I'm doing XB Pilates right now. I'm going to go through the entire program. And then I am going to be focused on movement. So going on bike rides, I'm busting out my rollerblades, going on walks and various things like that, that are both active and fun at the same time. So while I feel confident in my body, while I feel really amazing in my mood, energy, and emotion, right? Like I have my low days for energy wise, but most of the time I can correlate, but correlate that between overstimulation, lack of sleep, um, 
being in late luteal phase, whatever that is, I feel confident, but I do want to see weight loss. I do. I really do. I want to start uncovering. And if you got, you guys know my best friend, Lauren Rick, she's on this health journey and has gotten like excessive amounts of um, tests, blood tests, stool, various testings done. And I'm starting to think like, huh, I'm so proud of her for taking charge and getting that type of information. Maybe that's my route too, right? Okay, let's end on two fun things. So I have been absolutely obsessed with two playlists. One of the playlists is my own and I titled it Remix. And so any song where it's a remix of an older bop from back in the day mixed and redone to something new, it's on there. And one of the ones, did you guys know Hanson came out with Mbop 2.0? It's such a fun playlist. There's like um, Toxic Pony. So Britney Spears Toxic mixed with Pony. What other ones are on there? There's just a really good kind of mix of songs. If I am just needing like an upbeat in the car, kind of jam out, feel feel some sort of feels <laughs> I put on that playlist. And then with the, I'm, I'm really into pop culture, guys. I think I'm more into pop culture than what I share that I'm really into. But I've been hearing about the new Barbie movie coming out and somebody was like, okay, but the Barbie movie music is impeccable. So I went on to Apple and Apple Music and I put in Barbie playlist and I stumbled across this playlist and it's not like the soundtrack from the movie or anything, but it's a playlist that somebody put together inspired by the new Barbie movie and it is so fun. That is what I've been listening to when I do my Pilates workout. So I've been waking up in the morning doing my Pilates workout. I have one earbud in my ear. I shuffle the Barbie or the remix playlist and then I hit play on the XB Pilates because with XB Pilates, the background music in the workout is not great. So I just put the volume down really, really low. I always have the captions on my phone because she does cue form and I'm not super familiar with Pilates right now. So I need that form cue, that form help. So I turn on the captions. So the TV is actually really, 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 really quiet. And I have my music in my earbud and it is such a great way to start the day. So I will leave those playlists down below and then make sure to wear your sunscreen this summer. I have tried multiple different kinds of sunscreen. I've tried the glow screen by Supergoop, and I really kind of liked that, but sometimes I was like, okay, this makes me just look really sweaty and I'm not, but I like that glow. So here is something that you can do if you want sunscreen, but you want that little glow, you want a little bit of tint added to your sunscreen is I take sunscreen, any face sunscreen that you like to use. You could use Wonder Screen, and actually they came out with a new Dime Beauty, came out with a new Wonder Screen that is tinted. I haven't tried it yet because I still have the regular Wonder Screen left to use up. 
And I'm not somebody that's like an excessive person where if I see the Wonder Screen tint come out, I don't get it just to try it because it's new. I'll use up the Wonder Screen and then when I need something new, I'll get the Wonder Screen tint so I can experience it. But I still have like half a bottle of the Wonder Screen sunscreen from Dime. What I do is I bought the e.l.f. Halo Glow and it's not a foundation. It's meant to just add a little dewy glow to your skin. So I'll put a dot of sunscreen in my hand. I'll put a little bit of the e.l.f. Halo Glow, mix it together and then just use it, um, use my hands to apply it to my face. And at first I was like, oh, I don't really know how I like this. But remember with sunscreen, skincare, makeup, especially foundation, don't judge it by how it looks right when you put it on. Judge it by a couple hours later, what does your skin look like? Because I've seen people use like the It Cosmetics CC, CC cream or BB cream or um, the confidence in a cream or anything like that and just not like how it looks or feels right when you put it on. But a couple hours later, it looks like your skin, but better. And then the vice versa, I've used foundations in the past where I'm like, I put it on and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. It matches so well. And then a couple hours later, I look in the mirror and I'm like, holy cow, this has oxidized big time. And I look orange. You can see that this is definitely not like melted into my skin in a good way. So when it comes to, here's a, here's a girl chat tip for you. When it comes to makeup, don't judge it right away by how it looks like when you're in your bathroom lighting and you've applied it to your skin. Given an hour or two, go about your day, then look in the mirror and see how you feel about it then. Because if it, it's just like, there have been so many foundations I've used where it looks like, yeah, the CC cream from it cosmetics that I that I like for like a more full face look when I put it on I'm like oh yeah it does look kind of thick it looks like it, it looks thicker and feels thicker than what I prefer but a couple hours later I'm like mm, this is looking good staying in place it melted right into my skin and then I've had foundations where I put it on and I'm like oh this is nice this is good this looks great and then I look in the mirror and there's like two different colors of orange on my face. And I'm like, this is terrible, right? So that's just a little hot tip. I actually, when I was at the age to start wearing makeup, whatever age that was, that my mom felt it was appropriate, I went to um, a makeup professional and my mom had that makeup professional show me and educate me a little bit on how to use makeup products as well as somebody who did my homecoming and prom makeup for the two years I went to prom and the one year I was in the homecoming court. And they educated me on various makeup things. And I remember when I was getting my makeup done for prom, she said that. She's like, this is going to look like a lot right now, but your, it's not, your prom isn't for a while right? We want it to stay. And so it looks like a lot right now, but by the time it's time to put on your dress and take pictures, it's going to be perfect. And it was. So 
if you have a daughter, <laughs> if you are lucky enough to have a daughter, do that with her when you know she's starting to experiment with makeup and I don't know if my mom talked with the girl who was kind of like my makeup lady but I'm sure my mom was like you know teach her how to do something that looks really good and that looks natural and like give her some education about it because we all know when we're teenagers we didn't listen to our moms like we listened to anybody but our moms most of the time and so that was so genius of my mom, shout out to Janie. Hey, she's gotten two shout outs in this episode um, for doing that because I always felt so special when I would go get my hair and makeup done for prom and for homecoming. And she always like had just the sweetest ladies um, that she knew that did hair and makeup. And here it is, even to me today, like Seriously, there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I do this exercise called Wouldn't It Be Fun? I need to talk about Underdog. Okay, so Underdog is an audio program that is $38. It was created by one of my good friends, mentors, like she's just the bomb, Andrea Crowder. And it's a it's empowering audio with music, paired with music, so you can put your headphones in, listen to it on a walk or in the car or when you're just feeling down in the dumps like pop on the underdog audio and you'll be uplifted and supported there's one called wouldn't it be fun if and andrea explains it in the audio and she actually takes you through this practice and this has been a practice that i do sometimes pen and paper sometimes it's just in my brain sometimes it's just imagination sometimes it's just me talking with a friend on like, wouldn't it be fun if, but this is one of my wouldn't it be fun if moments. There are times where I'm like, wouldn't it be fun if I was an esthetician and I gave and had a like, not a med spa because I wouldn't do like Botox and stuff, but had a team of ladies where our specialty was hydrating facials dermaplaning the skin because I love a professional dermaplane like I love it so much I think it is so good for getting like the dead above layer I don't know what a derm professional dermaplane does all I know is my skin feels and looks freaking fantastic if I do it like once or twice a year so hydrating facials dermaplaning good skincare and then we just had some like fun makeup classes and sometimes it'd be for teens sometimes it'd be for moms sometimes it would be for women with aging skin sometimes it would be for you know you want to learn how to do a really sexy date night makeup look have like these types of classes and sometimes my brain goes down this like wouldn't it be fun if I owned a salon like that and you know what if I'm gonna own would you call it a salon I don't know a place I don't know (laughs) and then we could have all these other things that are really healthy for women to do in one spot but they just don't have the time to go from place to place like a sauna massages just a room where you can sit in like quiet and you could read you could journal you could just do whatever you could talk to other ladies around you, whatever you wanted to do, really. 
And it really just became, and like we'd have it be like membership based. So you could get like one facial a month, or you could choose between facial and massage, but you could always come in to just enjoy the space, go in the sauna, check out the makeup, talk to other ladies. I don't know. That's one of my wouldn't it be fun if thoughts. Not that I'd ever follow through on it. Not that I have the time, capacity, financials. I don't have the education to be an esthetician and offer hydrofacials and derma, like professional dermaplaning. I'm not qualified for that, right? (laughs) So, um, and I also live in a really, really small town. So I'm like, I don't even, I don't even think the ladies in our area would prioritize something like that there's it but whether it comes true or not it's always fun to come out of probability and into possibility and that's what the wouldn't it be fun if game slash audio slash thought process journal prompt that I learned from my friend Andrea Crowder whether it even becomes possible it's just fun to go from so probability focused, so reality focused, so logical focused into possibility, dreaming, imagining. And it's just from a space of like play and fun. And that's just one of the audios in Underdog. The other one that I really lean to is, forget the exact title of it, but it's like the quantum one leap one year quantum leap and it's really an inspiring story of how a one year quantum leap happened in Andrea's life and knowing her from then and now and then that audio really shares the element of tactical things and philosophies and principles and foundations and values this woman lives by her values let me tell you and that's another one of my top favorites but I believe there's seven audios so it's a great price you access it through your podcasting platform I'll leave the information for underdog in the show notes as well as anything else I referred um and Thank you for spending this time with me today, this little catch up. Let me know on Instagram if you like these types of episodes, if there was anything insightful or uh, anything you wanted to add into the conversation that I had about anything that we talked about, send me a message on Instagram. And if I unfollowed you, I will follow you back. I will talk to you later, my friend. I hope you have an amazing and wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening today, my friend. And if you loved this episode, before you go, can you share it with a friend or leave a rating and review? It's a small gesture that means a lot to me and helps the podcast reach even more ladies who are wanting to live in sync in a well-rounded way with their life using their cycle as their guide. If you want to see more of the day-to-day stuff in my life, come on over to my Instagram. It's just my name, Joelle Cease. I will leave anything and everything mentioned in the podcast detailed in the show notes. So don't forget to check those out. Thanks again. And I will catch you next time.